Today, we're going to talk about tips for making game dev your career. Hey everyone, hope you're doing well. Welcome to the 70th episode of the Game Dev Field Guide. I'm your host, Zaccavelli. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Zaccavelli underscore and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Zaccavelli underscore. This is my first recording from my new apartment, uh, my new studio. So yeah, it's going to take me a second to like dial in the settings. I think it's kind of good right now, but... Maybe there's a little bit more echo in here. Bear with me for a few episodes while I get it sorted out. Anyways, with the intro out of the way, let's move on over to the Game Dev Challenge. If you'll remember, the Game Dev Challenge from episode 69 was to make a New Year's resolution. This is something we usually do every year. And yeah, we're looking for attainable Game Dev related New Year's resolutions. Something to just motivate you or a goal to chase for the year. Now, typically, I just say anyone who made the resolution is the winner, (laughs) but we had so many people participate in this Game Dev Challenge. There's a lot of resolutions out there, and I think it'll break the bot if I mark everyone as a winner. So I'm actually just going to pick my favorite, and I'm going to pick from someone who had a goal in 2022 and kind of came back to check in and let us know how it went. So I'm going to give the episode 69 Game Dev Challenge win to Ramblin' Q because they're someone from last year's Game Dev Resolution, or at least they had a Game Dev Resolution last year. And you'll see through the post, uh, I think there's a lot of value for everyone to learn from this. So Ramblin' Q's post says, Last year's Game Dev Resolution was to have a game picked by a publisher. That didn't happen but I've done some thinking and I think it is a bad goal. The problem is that achieving this goal is not entirely up to me. I could do everything right and all the publishers in the world may still not decide to pick it up. This year, my desired result is still to have my game picked by a publisher, but that's not my goal. My goals are as follows. Make a polished vertical slice of my game with at least five minutes of launch quality gameplay Spend six hours a week cultivating a community around my game through devlog, social media, discord, and press outreach. Create a pitch deck and a pitch and rehearse the pitch at least three times a week so I'm ready for the opportunity. Send my vertical slice and pitch deck to publishers. I have a strategic order in which I will send these based on which publishers I think I would most like to work with. But if I get through the whole list, it'll take about a month and include more than 50 publishers. The point here is that I still want to get my game published, but I've only made goals out of things that I can 100% have control over. I'm hoping this will have two effects. It will mean that I can call it a success even if I don't get published, which will bring down my cortisol level and I'll feel more in control. Two, it will stop me from wasting time fantasizing about how awesome it would be to get published and force me to focus on actually getting work done. What I really love about Ramblin' Q's post and why I decided to give them the win was I think there's a big lesson that everyone can learn about their own personal game dev goals, and that is to make your goals be things that you are in control over. 
Sometimes I'll see people make goals like make a game this year that is well received in the X community or make a popular game or, you know, something that's really vague and isn't 100% in their control. And I think I said this on the very first time we ever did this game dev challenge, but maybe I should have reiterated it. The best goals are small ones that you can achieve that you have 100% goals over. So instead of saying make a game that is popular in this community, you could break it down into smaller and more achievable goals, like finish a vertical slice of a game in this genre, show it off two times a week in uh, this community. Those are examples of action-driven goals, and the end result is still the same, right? You want to make a popular game for a certain community, and you want the community to like it. But you're making your goal based on, um, I don't know, like actionable, small steps that you can do right now. So yeah, I think it's just something to think about when you're setting goals for yourself in game dev. Obviously, uh, the end result isn't always up to you. Sometimes you'll make a great game that you personally love and no one else is going to like it. And that's okay. If you're just worried about uh, being the best game dev you can, then you just chalk that one up to experience and you move on to the next one. And I think that's a healthy mindset for game dev. And I think when making goals for yourself, you should have a healthy mindset like Rambling Q came to discover and focus on things that are in your control. So yeah, congrats to Rambling Q for winning the episode 69 Game Dev Challenge. And speaking of goals, for episode 70, this would be a good goal if your resolution was to get a career in Game Dev, which is what we're going to talk about today. But the episode 70 Game Dev Challenge is to create a portfolio of your work. Later in today's episode, we're going to talk about what portfolios are and what they're for and what they might look like. And this would be a really good opportunity to kind of double up on your work. One, you're going to be able to practice and participate in the Game Dev Challenge. But two, you'll walk away with something hopefully usable and an asset that you can show off to people when they say, uh, what do you do? Or can you show me your skills? So yeah, I hope this is a fun Game Dev Challenge. And I hope it's also a functional Game Dev Challenge. You're going to get something out of this what you do on every game dev challenge, but this you're literally going to have an end product to show other people when you're done. So I would highly, highly encourage you to participate. So yeah, for episode 70, I want you to make a portfolio and don't worry, we'll talk about kind of what the expectations are for that a little bit later. But usually it's something like a website or a blog, or it can even be just like a PDF you know, it can take many forms. Just post whatever is the relevant way you're going to show it in the community discord. There's an open link for that in the show notes. And then you'll just go to game dev challenge, uh, the channel and post your portfolio in the prompt of the game dev challenge. I'll be sure to post my personal portfolio. Uh, so maybe you can get some ideas from that with the game dev challenge out of the way. Let's move on over to the body of the episode. So hopefully you know by now, today's episode is going to be some general tips on how to make game dev your career. This will include a very much requested topic on getting a job in the games industry, but I wanted to phrase it as starting a career because I think that gets you in the right mindset. See, a job is something you just do for money. Essentially, you exchange your time and skill for 
a wage, but a career in my eyes is a lot more meaningful. The benefits you get from a career is not just the money, but it's satisfaction and fulfillment. It's truly an awesome feeling to be looking forward to going to work and do something that matters to you. And don't get me wrong, I don't think it's all rainbows and sunshine. There will still be hard days. There will still be Mondays where you don't want to get up and go into work. And you'll probably still have to do things that you don't want to do. But I feel like when you're in the right career for you, you can look at it over the long term and take away a positive feeling and satisfaction from it. I feel especially qualified to talk about this now because of the path of my life over the last 10 years. About 10 years ago now, uh, which, wow, I feel old by the way, but yeah, about 10 years ago from now, I graduated high school and I had no idea what I wanted to do. As far as game dev goes, I was making custom games and maps for Halo 3 uh, and pen and paper games just for fun. But I didn't take game dev too seriously. I just did it as like a fun side thing. Eventually, I got caught in the college funnel that I suspect a lot of my peers did. And that's not to say that I don't think people should go to college. But for me, it kind of felt like I was good at math and science. So I was just put into the funnel. For those of you who know me really well, because maybe you tuned into some streams and heard me talk about it, um, you may know about my love for natural sciences. Both of my grandfathers were scientists in geology and multiple biology fields, respectively, so I always just kind of grew up in that environment. And I promise this story is going somewhere, just stick with me. So I'm in that you have to go to the college funnel. And there's two things that I really love to study and learn, natural science and video games. And I think I'm in like the last generation of kids whose parents didn't take video games seriously as a career choice. Like it was seen as this not real dream career. And so it wasn't really even an option for me. And I don't blame the adults that steered me away from that uh, then because they really just wanted what was best for me. And to them, the idea of video games as a career wasn't really mainstream. It didn't seem like it could be successful. And it's not like how it is nowadays where I think it's a lot more accepted. So that left me with only one option. Uh, I decided to go to school for a natural science, specifically geology. And I made my first mistake here. Instead of just going for geology, I made my major geological engineering. And the sole reason was that engineers get paid a lot of money. Or at least that was my perception as a young kid. Engineering school turned out to be insanely hard for me. Uh, and honestly, I did not have that much fun in college. And it was while I was in college that I had this feeling that I knew in my heart this path wasn't for me. And when I got really honest with myself about what is the path for me, I thought about what I spent so long doing as a kid and that was making games. It just came natural to me and it was something that I couldn't be stopped from doing. As a kid, I would organize and design the games we played at the bus stop. In high school, I would make mods for already existing games. And part of the reason college was so hard for me was that I was spending a ton of time making mobile games to see if I could cover my partying expenses. So I just knew in my heart that a career in games was a path for me. But in my mind, again, it just didn't really feel real. It didn't feel like a successful path. Uh, my parents would have been mad if I dropped out to chase this path. 
But yeah, way worse than my parents being mad was I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe that I really could get a career in games. I didn't really even believe it existed. And even if it did, I could barely code. I couldn't really do art. And the only thing I had was thoughts on good ideas for games. But I knew good ideas in video games are a dime a dozen, so I figured no one would ever pay me for them. So yeah, I basically stuck it out in the college funnel. I graduated and got a job as a civil engineer. And my main duty as a civil engineer was to be a concrete expert, which I won't say I hated. I actually enjoyed the science and technology part of it. But remember the whole reason I started college was for the geology side of things. And slowly but surely, because I was chasing the money, that turned into looking at concrete every single day. So now I find myself in a position where I don't really like my job and I'm having like a quarter life crisis uh, because I realize I cannot do this for the rest of my life. And this whole time, ever since the mobile games for beer money in college thing, uh, I'm making games on the side. And I'm kind of doing it as a hobbyist game dev where I'm not really finishing any games. I'm just making a ton of prototypes and yeah, I'd stopped the mobile dev thing because it got kind of weird, which is a whole different story maybe you've heard me talk about. But I was just making games kind of compulsively. And at this point, it was super messy. I would go like weeks without doing anything and then binge work on an idea for a couple of days, then weeks off again, then binge work on it. And sometimes I'd sit down to work uh, on a project, stare at something that was like half working in Unity, not do a single thing and just not have the energy to start. And I would just have Unity open and nothing would get done. Uh, and slowly but surely, I would turn Unity off and go do something else. So yeah, it was a very chaotic time, uh, but I was still making progress, you know, making games here and there. Anyways, I get to the quarter-life crisis moment and I tell myself, I can't do this anymore. Something has to change. And it was when I was at the lowest, I said, screw it, I'm just going to go for a career in games, even if I don't really think it exists, and even if I don't really believe in myself that I can do it. And I think a lot of people actually have this moment. Uh, but what I did differently, and ironically, it was because of my doubt of the industry, is I didn't quit my job right away. I actually, I made a plan and set a deadline for executing it and it was going to be like a you know slowly dip your toe into the water and, and then you're up to your ankle and then your knee and then your chest or you know whatever the idea was I wasn't going to quit my job uh, right away I was going to slowly slowly move my path towards a career in game dev so I was going to save up a bunch of money and yeah go for a legitimate try at being an indie dev for money my plan was to build up two years worth of expenses and when I had that I was going to quit and revive my mobile game business uh, but this time making PC games and that's exactly what I did. In the middle of this saving up process actually is when I started Game Dev Field Guide which I've told the origin story before. Uh, it's a story for another time but the long and the short of it is during the saving up process I was also going to improve my skills as a game dev and take the commitment a little bit more seriously and stop doing like the the chaotic bursts of working on a game or like practicing for a little bit and then taking weeks off 
uh, yeah, I wanted to do it more consistently and I wanted a game dev podcast to listen to at work so I could shore up my skills and knowledge while I was at work. Uh, but the style of the podcast at the time were in, they were all like interview styles and they just didn't have a lot of meat on the bones for information. And I remembered what a teacher told me once. They said, uh, you truly know a subject when you can teach it to someone else. And I realized I would benefit from doing a podcast, uh, by learning and cementing my own knowledge and kind of backtracking over the things I knew and teaching them to others. And I figured others could benefit from something that doesn't really exist yet, which ended up becoming a beginner-friendly, meat-on-the-bones podcast about game dev. So yeah, if you ever wondered about the origins of Game Dev Field Guide, that's basically it. Anyways, at this point, I'm starting to take game dev and my commitment to it more seriously. I save up my money, I quit my job, and move back in with my parents and go for it. You long-time listeners might even have been there the day I quit my job. I was so fired up, I made an announcement post in the Discord about my plans. And looking back at it, it reads like a monologue from an anime character. But <laughs> yeah, I was really, I was really pumped that day. Uh, and thank you for everyone who gave me the support on that day. Uh, I, I came out of the gates pretty hot because of that. Okay, one year time skip in the story, and things are going good. I feel like things are moving in a very positive direction. I still have a good chunk of my savings to keep going. And I just notice a random job opening. I think I saw it on like Google or something. You know, sometimes they have like the, the ads for a job opening. Anyways, it was for a company near me that I had put on a list of companies that like if the indie thing didn't work out, it was a potential place to go. I read the job description and it's in my area of strength. It's a game design job. The thing I'm best at in making games is design. It's the part of it that I've been doing since I was a kid. So, you know, I've just built up a lot of practice. And I figure I might as well apply. It's in my local area. Um, it's a place I want to live long term. And it's a job that kind of applies to my strengths. So I apply for it and I end up getting the job which ironically throws a monkey wrench into my indie stuff, which was going really well. But it just seemed like a really good opportunity, and if it didn't work out, I could always go back to being indie. And it didn't really set in for me until I started writing the story, but yeah, I've, I did it. I did the thing that five years ago I thought was impossible. If five years ago you told me I would be getting paid for my video game ideas, I would have thought you were crazy. And... Yeah, the, the story was super long, and I apologize for that. I kind of went on some self-reflection trips in there. I went off the script like five times. So, <laughs> But the main point of telling you all this is that I think there's a lot to learn from it. There's somebody out there right now listening to this who is in that crisis moment where they're thinking to themselves, I'm not in the career I want, and I want to work in games. And for them... Working in games probably feels miles and miles away. It feels like it might not even be real. It's like ethereal. It's like a make-believe. It's a distant dream, the kind that kids have when they're first asked what they want to do for a living. And I just wanted you to know that I was in that exact same place. Maybe we aren't the same age or financial situation or come from the same background or whatever, but emotionally, I want you to know that I felt the exact same way that you do right now. 
And the point of telling my story was hopefully that you could hear it and have hope. Uh, because I remember when I didn't have hope and I didn't believe in myself and I didn't believe in the path to getting a job in games. And yeah, I kind of glossed over how much time I spent just existing but not feeling like I was moving towards anything. I was just living day by day, quietly desperate for a purpose, partaking in any distraction I could from my own life. So yeah, hopefully I'm talking to that person right now who's listening who's just feeling like they're stuck. And I just want to say, don't lose hope that you can get unstuck, because you can. Even if the thing that gets you unstuck isn't a career in games, you can do it. You just have to start with having hope and believing in yourself. Unfortunately, if the path for you is not in games, I can't really help you anymore from here. Someone can out there, it's just not me right now. But if you think your path to getting unstuck is chasing that dream career in games, well, I have some practical advice for you. And that is the longest intro to a podcast topic I think I've ever done or anyone's ever done. But yeah, let's get into the actual practical advice for starting to chase that dream career in video games. So step one, I know I've kind of gone over it a few times and maybe it's even a little bit cheesy but you do have to believe in yourself and you do have to believe that it is possible uh and that it is even likely it's not just you know oh like one in ten people who try get it a career in video games i think is a totally viable path for being financially stable so yeah believe in yourself believe the path exists And yeah, there's just one little wrinkle to it that I want to talk about now. You've probably now heard this story, or at least I hope you heard this story and you're really fired up. Uh, But I want you to, for a second, just temper your emotions and consider if you really want to be a game dev. It's really important to be self-aware and know if a career in games actually is for you. Liking to play video games and making video games is two totally different things. And I've said many times before that making video games is very difficult and not for everyone. And I think people get easily infatuated with the idea of working in games, uh, but they might not like it when they actually try it. So at the very least, I would say before you go looking for a full-time career in games, before you quit your job, uh, you know, before you embark on this journey uh, just try a few small projects and see if it's really for you we're going to talk about ways to commit and practice and hone your skills here in a second and if you do that for like three months and find out you don't really like it just be honest with yourself and say uh, you know what maybe this should just be a hobby it doesn't have to end your search for a career maybe your career is in something else one of your other hobbies Maybe your career is in making video game content. Maybe you really like to play games. You find out you don't like to make them. Maybe you want to write reviews or do stories on them or something like that. Maybe games journalism is a a path for you. I think it's just really important to understand that becoming a game dev is a long and hard journey. But if it is that career that's for you, that fulfilling thing to dedicate yourself to and have a purpose for, then it is totally worth it. So let's move on and say um, you've decided that the career path 
uh, of game devs is the one you want to take. Okay, the next thing you have to understand and realize is that everyone's path in this career and getting into the industry and how they go through the industry over time, uh, everyone's path is different. It's like a really unique experience and there's not one foolproof way to get into it. Attached to that is that there's definitely a luck element. Um, And the luck element is not like how it is like I want to be an actor and only 1% of the people who ever try get in. It's not that kind of luck. But you do need to find an opportunity, and the opportunities are only so many. I think this works a little bit different than how we're conditioned to think about careers. Let me talk about the engineering career, for instance. If you want to go be a civil engineer, there's a very defined and determined path to doing that, right? You go to engineering school and college, then you go work at an engineering firm or for the government, right? It's a very like point A to point B to point C. But to work in video games, it's crazy. You can come from literally anywhere else or go to college or be someone who plays a game a whole bunch and then the company reaches out to you and wonders if you want to work for them. Getting into games is like a wild west kind of thing and yeah that's why i say there's a luck element to it and everyone's path is different it makes it kind of hard to get in but it's also good because there's no defined path or gatekeepers you can literally come from anywhere so if you're feeling like oh it's super far away and i don't have any relevant skills right now there are tons of people who started without any relevant skills including myself in totally different career paths that made the jump over to games. Okay, so one of the first big questions is, uh, now that you've heard me talk about it for a little bit, you might be thinking, do I need to go to college for some kind of game dev-related thing? And the answer is, it's not a requirement. I personally did not, but it does help with finding that lucky opportunity. You can become just as good of a game dev without college. The information is not the valuable part of the college experience, it's the connections and the talent pipelines. A lot of programs are already set up to sort of feed the industry. So if you do go to college, then it's like a, you know, it's a point A to point B to point C. It's a clear path into the industry. And those opportunities and that luck element uh, just becomes a little bit easier. Now you do have to justify that against the cost of going to college, which I think, you know, is different for everyone. Uh, But the good news is it isn't a requirement like some other careers. So yeah, if you don't go to college, or maybe you did and just the opportunity didn't work out, um, I'll talk about now how I think you create that opportunity for yourself without being put on that path. The number one first thing you need to do is to hone your skill. After all, if the opportunity comes up, it means nothing if you don't have the skill to capitalize on it. Getting better as a game dev is a whole episode topic that I've done. Uh, I think we've probably touched on that topic like four or five times. I've done a whole episode on it. Um, But essentially, the best way is to learn by doing. Commit yourself to consistently practicing game dev. This can be simple things like working on small game projects, doing game jams, or participating in the game dev challenge. Just make sure that you're consistently finding time to work out those game dev muscles. 
And while you're on the consistent practicing, you might as well take that opportunity to finish a small project. And I mean fully finish and ship the game. Like make it a full commercial game and put it on Steam. The reason for this is that having a shipped game on your resume, even a small indie game, dramatically raises the chances of you getting a game dev job. Even entry-level positions will sometimes have shipped game requirements. So yeah, if you can put a completed and shipped game on your resume, that will be huge. Speaking of resumes, let's talk about maybe the most important thing you can have while looking for a game dev job, and that is a portfolio. Now your portfolio and what it looks like and what it is specifically highly depends on what role you're applying for. And quickly, I think I should just talk about roles. Uh, I teach Swiss Army Knife Indie Game Dev, where a single person can do a little bit of every skill and be every role for themselves. But odds are, in the industry, you're probably going to want to specialize. So this is the time to play to your strengths and apply for jobs that suit your strengths the best. There's lots of roles, but generally you could put it into a couple categories like code skill stuff, that would be your developer and engineers. There's art dominant roles that can be broken down into tons of subcategories, stuff like 2D versus 3D, uh, concept artists, lighting, environment artists, all sorts of paths you can go uh, in the art world. There's design roles, which is what I do. That can be everything from UI to gameplay to narrative design. There's even like producer and project management roles. Maybe you're a project manager uh, for some kind of, I don't know, insurance company or something like that. You have relevant skills that can be used in game dev. That's kind of the beauty of game dev is that it's the combination of so many different skills. So yeah, know what your strengths are and what role you would best fit into and cater your portfolio to that. I cannot stress how important a good portfolio is. Put most of your effort, if you're chasing this career, put most of your effort into having a good portfolio. These days, most people make their portfolio as a website, and it doesn't have to be super complex. It just has to have good material. And remember, good material and what that is depends on the role. If you're applying for an art position, make sure your best art is in your portfolio. You probably should assume that lots of people are going to apply for the job, so whoever's looking over the applicants is going to go through the portfolios pretty quick. So make sure your best stuff is front and center. When it comes to portfolios, I definitely think quality is better than quantity. So try having the best examples of your work rather than just a ton of examples. If you're applying for game design roles, uh, feel free to check out my portfolio. This is the one I use to get a job, so you know that this format can work. To see my portfolio, actually I can't believe I got this, but <laughs> to see my portfolio, just go to zaccavelli.com. On my page, I have posts about a game I shipped, that being Bounce Shot. I have a post about a high-placing game in a game jam I did an excerpt from the podcast with me saying something smart about game design. And what I did was I looked up what the company, uh, the kinds of games the company makes, like their main genre. And then I just happened to have done a genre study episode on that. So I cut an ep excerpt from my podcast and put it on my portfolio. So whoever was looking through, 
you know, they could press the little play button and they could hear me say like my best points about the genre that they make, the things I think that are the best information I have to offer. Another smart thing I think I did was I had a link to my stream and a little cutout from my stream, a little clip where I'm coding and I wanted to show that I can code. I'm not really even particularly a strong coder, but the fact that I can code uh, sets me apart from the other people who want a game design job, right? Because, well, I just have the Swiss Army Knife skill set. I can do a little bit of everything, which I think is super valuable. And it's why I teach it, which, yeah, I, th I think that's a bonus tip for those of you who want to be game designers. Try to pick up extra skills. You don't have to be a pro at those extra skills, but knowing how to do code or doing art or writing or music, uh, just being able to do a little bit of something else will be super useful. That means that whoever hires you, they're always going to find a way to use you. You're always going to be valuable. So yeah, if you're going for game design, try to pick up like just the bare minimum or like enough to be dangerous in some other skills. That'll put you above the competition. So anyways, if you're looking for portfolio inspiration, you can go to mine or there's a bunch of other good examples on the internet. The beauty about people in the game dev industry is they're usually very open. Uh, so you can just go on Twitter and probably search for portfolio tips and like people in your skill set will have information about it and say things and maybe examples uh, that you can work with. So take some time to make a really good portfolio. And uh, yeah, the content that makes this up is going to be from those practice projects you're doing, that game you shipped, a game jam game you worked on. Maybe you made a post for the game dev challenge and it won. It was the best post of that week. I would take that if I was a game designer or an artist or whatever the game dev challenge was, I would take that post, flesh it out maybe just a little bit and put that in my portfolio. The portfolio is the place where you prove your skills. So yeah, just fill it full of your best stuff and you'll be in a good position. Okay. So Maybe you found a job opening on the internet and you sent in your portfolio and your resume and all that stuff and you got an interview. That's, that's really exciting. That's good. That means your portfolio was impressive enough. Okay, they want to move on to the next step. But don't celebrate <laughs> too much yet because interviews can often be pretty hard. Uh, the truth is it's just a job that a lot of people want. And the person hiring is making a very difficult and costly choice, uh, especially if they get it wrong. So they're really going to find out what you know during the interview. There's way better information and people to listen to other than me for preparing for interviews and interviewing skills and stuff like that. But yeah, I just wanted to let you know that you should be pretty prepared. Uh, and don't forget that part of the interview is you trying to find out if you actually want to work there. I'm sure you're aware of some of the negative sides of working in game dev. So yeah, just when you're there interviewing, make sure the culture is of the company, I mean, is something you want to be a part of. Lastly, if you don't get the job, don't get discouraged. Like I said, a lot of the jobs in games are really competitive. There's only so many companies out there and there's a ton of people who want to do it. So yeah, you might fail a few times. Uh, but the important thing is to just keep practicing and honing your skill, keep adjusting your portfolio and adding your best stuff there. 
and just keep an eye out for those opportunities. If you keep developing your skill and you don't lose hope, eventually it's going to work out. It's simply because companies are always looking for skilled candidates, video games are not going anywhere anytime soon, and if you have an in-demand skill and you just keep getting better at it through practice, your odds of getting a job are going to just keep going up. So yeah, I hope this episode helps with your journey. I'm sorry for this super long intro, <laughs> but I, I do think there is some really good uh, information in here. I'll skip the intro for the recap and we'll just go straight to the practical tips. And yeah, we'll do that summary now. Uh, remember, step one is believe in yourself and believe that you can make a career out of working in games. It's a very real thing. Don't know why I feel like I have to keep saying that, but yeah, I just I didn't believe it for so long and that's kind of held me back. So yeah, just get past that first obstacle. Next, you need to commit yourself to practicing and honing your skill. And you do this by actually making games. You get better by doing. You can work on small projects, join game jams, or do the game dev challenge through the game dev field guide. And while you're doing this, you're going to find out if you really like game dev. Maybe you commit to honing your skills and after three months you decide... Uh, this isn't that fun. I don't enjoy this. I think you have to be honest with yourself uh, at that point and know that a career in game dev is probably not for you. And what I like about doing it this way is if you start with these small projects, um, you can find out that y whether or not you like game dev. And if you don't, it's no big deal to stop. It was just something you were doing on the side. It's not like you quit your job and now you have to do it. Remember that you don't have to go to college, but it does help build those connections uh, that maybe leads to better opportunities, but you can make those opportunities for yourself and get them and become just as good as a game dev without going to college. When you're searching for opportunities, know what kind of role you want and make sure you have a portfolio that shows your strengths related to that role. Remember the super importance of a portfolio. If you do nothing else from this episode, if you take away nothing else, just remember that you need a good portfolio with your best quality work. It will do you so much good uh, just to take all of your best stuff and kind of summarize it in one spot. So yeah, make sure you have that. And a really good opportunity for you right now is to participate in the Game Dev Challenge and make one and put it up on the... Uh, on the community discord and get some feedback now and find out you know what looks good what doesn't look good and all that stuff remember to prepare for a tough interview there's going to be a lot of competition for these jobs so the interviews are going to be you know a little bit harder than your average interview and lastly remember if it doesn't work out and you don't get the job don't get discouraged it can be it can be heartbreaking not to get the job i actually missed out on one prior to this yeah and I just I remember like oh that you know <laughs> that didn't feel very good but yeah just keep working on becoming the best game dev you can and I promise things will work out so yeah that's all the information I have for you today uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode I'm still getting settled in myself here at the apartment so yeah I know the schedule has been a little bit hectic and crazy um, I probably won't be back to streaming for at least another two weeks or so. I'm just getting everything set up and I've been building furniture like a madman. 
but yeah, things are slowly coming together uh, here at the Game Dev Field Guide World Headquarters. If you'd like to keep up with what I'm up to, the best way to do that would be to go to our community Discord. Uh, there's a link to that in the show notes. Or follow me on Twitter. That's at underscore Zachavilli underscore. And yeah, be on the lookout for some more episodes of the Game Dev Field God. I should be slowly catching back up and getting into the groove and putting out more and more content, including some new kinds of content that I think I alluded to in the last episode. But yeah, it's going to be a super fun uh, and exciting year for our community, and I'm looking forward to experiencing that with uh, you all. With that, I'm going to end the episode I have been Zaccavelli, now associate game designer at Stardock, and I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>